Hello and welcome to the Cinematic Spooktacular number four, Electric Spookaloo. <laughs> was that creepy or gross? Both. Okay, that's exactly what I was going for. All right, if you're a new listener on this network, you might not be familiar with the Cinematic Spooktacular. This Isn't is our it, wait, wait, I gotta stop you. Isn't it Cinema Spooktacular? No. It's cinematic? Cinematic. Okay. I know. All right. Which we made a mistake. A mistake? A mistake in you the misspoke first. a mistake. I misspoke my mistake. In the first year, we made it cinematic spectacular. Every other year since, we've been like, well, this isn't right, but have not corrected ourselves because okay. that's what we went with the first year. So yeah, now it's like so, I always feel like we're saying it wrong. Cinematic so it cinematic spooktacular. Spooktacular. The fourth. Yes, the fourth. Our fourth annual spooktacular event. Yeah, and we haven't. Uh, you know, we, we usually have some spooky stuff on on the Bald Move Network because we've got American Horror Story going in full. Swing. Yeah, traditionally we cover a number of Halloweeny type events. Um, this year we can't cover AHS because there is not a new season of American Horror Story. It's but... the scariest thing of all. A plague <laughs> has gripped our nation and shut down uh-huh. Ryan Murphy. It's the only thing that can stop American no, Horror Story. No one has shut down Ryan Murphy. I mean, have you seen the trailer for Prom? That's true. Have you seen anything else he's done? Because there are a lot of things. Someone's thrown a, a wet COVID blanket over <laughs> Ryan Murphy. But hopefully we'll be back next year for another AHS if there is a new season. I don't know. But we're They doing say the, there are. But we're doing this new thing, uh, Swizzbold. Uh, Swizzbold.com. Uh, it's something me and Cecily and Jim started where we're talking about politics and culture. Cecily and I got an advice show and I've got a politics show. If that sounds like a good idea, I highly recommend going to Swizzbold.com and checking it out. Uh, but it's also um, where we're going to be hosting the Spectacular this year as a little joint operation between Bald, Bald Move and Swizzbold. Mm-hmm. Usually we cover a lot of Halloweeny type movies. Um, these are based off of audience requests, which are very important to us, but are mostly driven by our specific interests. Like we don't like torture porn. We don't like movies based on just pure brutalization of bodies like Hostel and Green Inferno. Um, Saw. Yeah, I haven't, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Haven't seen it. Not our taste. I mm-hmm. can already tell you that. Uh, we try to find good horror in quotes. I, I, I was going to say, don't want to judge anyone if that is your bag. No, it's no, no. Not we're not bag. judging. It's just not our taste. Yeah. We try to find goodish horror in quotes, which is a very broad term because horror can good-ish. mean like goodish horror. That is, yeah. That's I mean, a very broad term. Uh, it can mean, I mean, yeah, okay. So maybe good is the wrong word to put in quotes horror is the word to put in quotes because it can mean anything from like suspense to thrillers to actual like gore things like that my favorite the ghosty spooky (laughs) yeah ghosts and whatever uh we try to give you the best but also and, can be like schlocky and pulpy and yeah, fun, like and Ameri- meta, and, yeah, like Evil Dead or, or Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, Cabin in the Woods is a good example. Uh, yeah, we've, we've got a couple of those on the Dale docket. and Tucker versus Evil. Yeah, excellent, excellent example. We've you know we previously hosted this on Bald Move Network, but we are bringing this to you on Swizzbold for the first year as a collaboration between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, Cecily got to get paid. Yeah, Cecily, do gotta get paid, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Which is the first horror that you'll experience this evening. Uh, This year is a little different because I have not been able to stop consuming movies. Like last year, I couldn't stop 
uh, compiling a list this year, I couldn't stop watching the movies. You have been on a horror <laughs> binge. Yeah, I'm watching like three movies a day. Um, it's really bummed me out because I've been I've been stuck in a bald move salt mines. Yeah, Aaron just doesn't have the time. So this year, I was able to give you a really varied list, and that is. The, I've watched a ton of things and I came up with things that I knew would be um, just like to hit all tastes. And I could tell Aaron that we should watch these things and, you know, come to the people with things that Aaron and I weren't both disappointed in. Like, uh, what was that? Brightburn? Oh, yeah. Like, we would have skipped that last year. Yeah. But this year, I kind of vetted some things. So here are some things that I've watched this year that we will not be talking about. But please feel free to tell me in the comments or whatever that you've liked them or hated them or whatever. I watched the entirety of Haunting of Blind Manor, Mm. which I feel like was a mistake to make that like a second season off of the Haunting of Hill House. Was that explicitly? It's the same production company. Yes. Because I saw it was Carla Gugino. Yeah, uh, same like cast uh, members. A lot of the same, or just like a literally a lot of the oh, same. It's speaking of, speaking of Ryan Murphy. He possessed this production company. Yeah. Um, okay. So let me stop here and say that spoilers for everything I'm about to talk about. Not like heavy spoilers, but you know, general broad spoilers for everything I'm about to talk about. Haunting of Bly Manor is. Not a horror story. It is a love story. Mm. It is a love story. I hate it already. With ghosts and all of those things. Um, very different. I, I think it's a mistake to make it a, a a part two of The Haunting of Hill House because it just is completely different. And it. I think it sets people's expectations wrong, which makes them disappointed. I watched It Comes at Night, an A24 film. Starring Joel Edgerton and Chris Abbott. Joel Edgerton, he's the guy from the Kingsman Chronicles movies, right? I think Elton John. So. No, no, he's the guy from uh, 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 Great Gaps, Gatsby. Yes, yes. Asshole from Great Gatsby. Yes, That's how I know him. That was a pleasant surprise movie because you were expecting um, actual monsters in the night to come out and grab you, which there are plenty, but that's not what the movie's about. Hmm. Um, I watched the movie called I Saw the Devil, which is a 2020 film, um, and it's about a serial killer who finds a woman whose car is broken down, kills her, but it turns out she was the pregnant wife of an actual government secret agent. Hmm. So serial killer versus secret agent, they play a game of cat and mouse. That's a lot of fun. It was a great movie. If I mean, you'll certainly recognize the serial killer lead as the guy from Old Boy if you're familiar with that movie. Oh yeah, the American or no, no, no. no. Okay. Um, the other lamb, which is on Hulu, I think. Yeah, Hulu. It's about an all-female cult led by a man who is Dario Nyquilis from the Game of oh, Thrones series. Oh no! Does he does he just <laughs> bore women to death? Is that how uh, he victimizes them? Turns out that shit doesn't last for long. Um, I watched the movie Creep and Creep 2, which is about a guy who hires people to come and 
um, like take video memories for him to leave for his children and his family after he's gone and he's dead. Mm-hmm. But are yeah. you gonna, are you giving us like a brief thumbs up, thumbs down on each one of these two? That's kind what, of. Like our, Have our, I not been? All right, yeah, like, thumbs which down, one? haunting a blind manor. Okay. Thumbs up, it comes at night. Thumbs up, I saw the devil. Thumbs up, Is the there other thumbs land. way up? Is there like, are there any distinguishing in the thumbs between these? Man, I would say like they're all pretty high thumbs up because okay. I was given these impressions by our listeners and oh, people who wrote into us. I see. These, so like, these came recommended. You weren't yeah. just like jukeboxing it. Okay. Exactly. I wasn't just like going for any kind of thing in that in that category. I was just going for things that people keep telling me are great. The host. Um, Bong Joon-ho. Mm. The guy who did Parasite. Sure. Uh, we need to watch this movie together. Okay. Because it's about... I've liked every one of his movies I've seen. Yeah. It's about um, someone who kind of contaminates a river because they're just dumping chemicals in there and then some kind of monster approaches. And I don't know. It's That's one of those movies that's hard to describe, but absolutely. I wouldn't call it horror. Is it oh kind of like Parasite in that kind of... No. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Bong Joon-ho is good that way. It's uh-huh, like uh-huh. there's a monster, but that's not the point. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, climax. Den- I think this is Denae Villeneuve. But this is a movie about a troupe of dancers that accidentally get dosed with some LSD and they all lose their fucking minds. <laughs> it's so good. Especially because there's like a 15 minute intro sequence where they're all like dancing their hearts out because that's what they're there to do. And then things get weird. Um, all right. Final one I saw that we're not going to talk about is let the right one in the story about. Yeah. I've heard of that about the little vampire girl. Yes. And there's a French version and an American version. Which one did you Correct. Watch? The French version. Ah. I don't think it's French though. It's actually a Swedish version. Ah. Um, the I Nordic, knew it was one of those Nordic, Nordic languages. French. Yeah. They made an American version, but um, I, I can't say which is better, but I watched the Swedish version and it's a young boy who's getting bullied and he's got uh, a young vampire woman, not woman, a girl, a child living next to him. And they form a bond because they're both outcasts and it's incredibly creepy. <laughs> But really well done. She's um, just a vampire girl standing in front of a human boy, protecting just him asking from him to love her, <laughs> <laughs> and it works. All right. So I just wanted to put that list out there. If anyone has any thoughts on all of those things, um, maybe we'll consider addressing them and like talking about them in depth in the future. But I, I, I think all those movies are incredible. Movies, shows, I guess, are incredible. All right. It's time for the Cinematic Spooktacular 4 Electric, Electric Spookaloo. This is the official start. I, lobbied, so you... I lobbied hard for, hard for the Voyage Spook. Yeah, it didn't make sense. Or a Spookage Home. No, we did Star Trek theme last year, so... There's not many that have subtitled four episodes. But why do we need to do it Star Trek themed? The that doesn't make of, any sense. How about sense. the Goblet of Spook? <clears throat> nope. We could have gone with... Uh... Electric Spookaloo is the best <laughs> title, and you know it. 
So, guys, just so you know, we're not going to get into any spoilers right now. We're just going to initially talk about our thoughts on all of these four movies that we're covering this year. Um, And then we'll give you a spoiler warning before we start to get into the the deep... Yeah, we just start wanna, to wanna, cut into the guts of these horror movies. We want to tell you which what kind of horror the film is, and if we have our bony, our skeletal thumbs up or or they're they're down. All right, our first movie to talk about is the Autopsy of Jane Doe. Came out in two thousand and sixteen. Yeah, this one, um, boy, it's hard to. It, it's definitely got a, a, a high creep factor. It's not like a slasher movie. It's it's definitely like a, a solid solid spook movie, and I liked it. I thought it fell apart a little bit at the end, but solid concept, good execution. Yeah, lots of jump scares. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of if you are a horror expert, then there's a lot of things set up in the first act that you will see pay off in oh, the yeah. end. Oh yeah. Throughout the movie. Um I felt like being at Benny Han and the chef is preparing is like, oh man, those <laughs> slicing those onions, that's gonna make a nice gonna, volcano. Oh, he's stacking them up. Oh, he's gonna spin that egg. some oil oh, on there. <laughs> Japanese egg roll. Who saw it coming? Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Exactly. Um I thought it works a lot that way. And there's a lot of there's a lot of fun cast members. Like mm. people who are fans of Game of Thrones will recognize Bruce Bolton. People, He's the town sheriff, yeah. The town sheriff, yeah. Um, and he invites you to let the sunshine in. People who are fans of Succession will recognize the patriarch of the family in there. Um, people who are fans of Emil Hirsch will recognize that he's been a teenager for like <laughs> 50 years. Uh-huh. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I thought it was a good movie. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's an interesting concept and a different take on horror. Ske- and ghosty stuff. Skeletal thumb creaking. Oh. <laughs> and I mirror your creaking thumb because I have no choice. All right. Second movie in our lineup is Jennifer's Body from 2009. Something I've been begging Aaron to watch for years. Well, if I had known. And he's like, well, Megan Fox. Uh, I don't know. She's kind of. She's kind of a non-actress and Diablo Cody. I don't know. Well, I didn't know. I didn't know it was, it was a script by Diablo Cody, and I especially didn't know that Amanda Seyfried is the heroine in the movie because I think she is amazing, and the chemistry between her and Megan Fox is really good. And it's just this. This is a very like cabin in the woods type of. Um, it's not exactly schlocky. Like a kind of a meta horror? Yeah, it's meta. It's very fun. It's mm-hmm. it's horny as hell. It, yep. Like this this has got a lot of uh a lot of appeal for um, you know, horny dudes and uh bi uh ladies and gay ladies because it's just got got a lot of sexy, a lot of sexy on there. Yeah, I kind of disagree with that opinion. No, yeah. Because I think that this pro this movie's major problem uh-huh. is when it came out and when it was written that they marketed too much to horny dudes and people who were horny for Megan Fox and mm. didn't understand the actual message of the movie. I agree, but th- those <laughs> those th- that constituency was served as well. Was it? I mean... <laughs> Did you find any man in the movie to really be served in well, the way that like they were 
I'm just saying attractive people being attractive. That's all. Yeah, I mean, it, there was, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I don't want to get too much into spoilers. But yeah. Yeah. Saying there's a lot of purient stuff. Interest being served. <laughs> yeah. All Fan right. Fan service. <laughs> Third movie that we're covering this year is I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House. Another 2016 movie. Starring, uh, Ruth, starring Wilson. Ruth Wilson. What did you think? Uh, what was that uh, boy in the Crimson House or the uninvited guest or something that had uh, uh, General Hux in it? We saw it last oh, year. Oh, yeah. I the, like the little little The, the little, things, ge- the little, little guest. Yeah. Little uh, guest, yeah. So, so forget it. Uh, you can tell it's a kind of a forgettable. <clears throat> Ruth Wilson keeps trying on these horror films, and I think this is a nice. What do you mean she keeps trying? Okay. This is deliver. This delivers all the atmosphere. It delivers all the dread. It just never quite gets there, and for whatever reason, um, it just didn't deliver any real scares. Imagine like the witch, how it's like very tense and very creepy, but it just never gets to that quite um, hair on the raising on the back of your neck kind of feel. Mm. Um, but it's a good. It's a thinker. because I feel like if you watched it multiple times, there's a whole bunch of it's like what actually happened. You know, what mm-hmm. was the thing that happened? What was the thing that happened to Ruth Wilson? Um, it, it's a thinker. and um, But it's just really a slow burn and not scary at all. I didn't find it. Yeah, that, that's most of the reason why I included it in this year's lineup mm. is because it made it was such a standout and that it's one of those movies where it has a couple of deliveries where you get the jump scare. But mostly it's just got the slow buildup and the tension and it's so different from any kind of horror movie you'd ever see. Yeah. Um, And it really delivered for me, but we'll get into the details later. Yeah, I do want to. Yeah, I'll definitely have some stuff to say about the, the climax of the movie. Mm-hmm. Number four, our movie this year is The Love Witch. Another 2016 movie by samantha ronson and this isn't uh, another movie that isn't like anything else ever yeah it's it's um it's got this retro in fact when i walked in on you watching it i thought you were just watching an old like late 60s early 70s this feels like Uh, um a beastie boy video this feels like a danger five kind of retro spoof but it's also just, but it's beautiful. It's kind of got that Mandy psychedelic vibe going forward a little bit mm-hmm. too. That it paints a lot of that palette. It's um, then, it's now, it's timeless in a way. Yeah, it's it's you're really identifying with the protagonist, but you're also identifying with her victims. Or are they victims? And yeah, what? it's got some really next level commentary on like gender dynamics and sexuality. And, and it's also one of those very slow burny type of things because they really take their time with some of these scenes. It's very funny mm-hmm. and also just really absorbing and interesting too. Mm-hmm. I, I, I got to say that uh between um, Jennifer's Body and Love Witch are my bony fingers way up <laughs> movies for this spectacular. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a little uh, bony finger side, sideways on I Am The Pretty Thing. All right. All right. Well, we'll get into it. Yeah. But those are our broad opinions on all of those movies. Let's do the deep dive now. Let's get right in. 
This is your warning. We're going to talk about details and spoilers for all of the four movies we just talked about. I thought the autopsy of Jane Doe was a really original take on um, a ghost a, a, a ghost story, I guess, is the best way to put this. Uh, uh, you know, a living embodiment of something that refuses to die. Yeah. And it's just a really inventive setting because most of the times when I can think of there's been a mortuary or a medical examiner, it's always been a fake out or psychological mm-hmm. horror. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the idea of being a medical examiner trapped in this basement overnight with these corpses that are trying to kill you. I thought it was really it was really good. Yeah, and the father son relationship added some depth to to it too. Yeah, like, like it's just very thin characterizations, but you know it's a uh, they give you enough to like this dad. He's had some loss, and he probably should move on, and this mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. But is he's got a wife who's killed herself, and yeah. he's not really coming to grips with that, and not really addressing his son's emotional needs to deal with that, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean anything in the you know, the larger scope of the story, but it does when it comes to how they deal with what's going on. Yeah. Cause he's got the, his, his son's got like kind of like a Luke cat. Skywalker thing where it's yeah. like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be on the moisture farm no more, but I know, right. I know my dad still needs me. And if I leave, yes. it's going to be a problem for him, but it's kind of holding me back. It, it's yeah. It adds some poignancy to it. For right. Sure. And it has some absolute depth when it comes to like the girlfriend coming back. Because he's like, oh, I can't leave my dad. You come back for me. And then the father physically kills her later. I mean, how much literal can you, how much more literal can you get? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also so so the, the setup of this movie is they find this body of this young girl mm-hmm. in this basement and mm-hmm. she's this corpse is like pristine. Yeah. She's been dug up somehow. Yeah. But she looks like, you know, other than her kind of roomy eyes, she looks like she died five minutes ago. And it's this medical examiner and his son trying to figure out why she died and they just keep finding Mm. weird things about her corpse yeah the biggest problem i had with this movie is that they don't really address the really gross large-scale murders that happen in the house i think that don't seem to have anything to do with her i think you're supposed to understand that it was all no i think the witch caused those too yeah, like, but it, I mean, but I, how I would she get believe into... that if they weren't all dead from like gunshot wounds and if they all had like broken wrists and ankles, then I would. Well, I think that's yeah, but I think that you're supposed to understand that like just the way she manipulates their mind to kind of like because like did the dead bodies kill these people or did she play with their mind and make them kill each other? Because in most of the things we saw, like what actually killed the person is another living person or gravity or things like that. Um so someone I think she made that, this. She made them like she she drove uh, someone into killing. Like imagine this guy killed his wife and daughter because his witch fucked with them, and then he blows his head off because he's so distraught. Like I think that's how. But the problem is, I think what you're getting at is there's like solid exposition where the dad just like puts everything together at the very end, yeah. and it mostly tracks but honestly the more they explain it the less it kind of makes sense yeah no the two putting that together in a clinical sense makes sense Mm -hmm. you know the house full of dead bodies does not make sense Mm. like someone in the family decided to dig up the basement and find this body yeah how did the the body and then this body has been how does she inflict her revenge if you aren't actually performing an autopsy and like revealing how she died and Mm. accepting her 
her trauma as your sins. Yeah, and just like, yeah. how is this? This body's been passed around. Like, I, it's just thin because, like, they explain that she's been buried in bog. Pa- so, Pete. Or Pete. Pete. Um, so, like, has she been passed around or has she been sitting in? Uh, the, the, the setup of her being found in a murder house I thought was pretty weak. Because, yeah. like, if it was just, like, a, a local archaeologist had dug him up and it's a bog woman, it's like... You know, well, that usually these sense. things are seven thousand years old. Yeah. This woman looks like it's fresh. Let's find out what, why, what, what killed her and why. That would have been a hook with that, like a much cleaner hook. Yeah, but it's a little messy. It's a little messy. Yeah, um, but yeah, again, with this movie, I love that everything that happens is foreshadowed in the first. In the first quarter of the movie, you know? Oh, yeah. First 15, 20 minutes. Like, here's all the things we're going to Here, do. Yeah. Here's the elevator with its its creakiness and its unreliability. Here's mm-hmm. the cellar door. Mm-hmm. Here's the mirror that you can see around two corners with. Here's the office. It's dark, and it's got this dark bathroom in it. And his dad. Uh, the here's ex- the vents that are just blowing. His, yeah. His it's dad, all the there. metal examiner, is like, I, I tie bells around the ankles of my cadavers just, you know, for... Back in the days when we used to not do so good embalming and we used to bury people alive and, you know, they jingle jangle. I'm just a traditionalist and he he, he shakes it to scare the girl and you're like, oh, that's done. Right. Yeah. Yeah, No, no, no. no. You knew. You knew. And they they do make it. Anytime you hear that, like, jingle, jingle, five seconds later, jingle, jingle, you know that there's a there's a body coming close. That's fun. Right. And the radio station keeps reverting to the song about. um, Let the sunshine. Let the sunshine Mm -hmm. in. Um, which really, really paid off for me in the end. I thought so too. Yeah. When uh, Roose Bolton starts singing it outside of the door, and you're like, "Oh, this isn't happening." Mm-hmm. And then you know, Roose Bolton comes down and discovers the bodies that he's known for 20 years. Right. And you hear the radio station say, "We've had four straight days of sunshine," and you know that everything has been the ghost's yeah. fault. Yeah. In fact, like it might have all been in their mind too that there wasn't. You know, there wasn't a big storm or anything like no, that. No, I don't think there was ever a storm at yeah. all. No tree is ever downed. It's yeah. just as soon as she was brought in, she got into their heads. Yeah. No, she totally she totally fucked with them. Yeah. So I, this witch lady is saying, yes, all men by uh, the end, because she's clearly targeting the guy who's driving the van to drive her body to another county. Yeah. Right? They may give this motivation of she was an innocent victim and they turned her into a witch by killing her as a witch and now she's just so pissed and like there is some horrific things like oh she's been alive this whole time she's been conscious and it's like jesus christ you've as you've snipped as you peeled her skin back Mm -hmm. and so so there's a little bit of that kind of like oh my god what would it be like to be a surgery victim that wakes up only like to the nth degree they've taken your heart out (laughs) they've cut your brain open they've weighed your stomach like oh my god right if it were a mother set her on fire if it were a mother daughter like uh, mortician team mm-hmm. uh, professional autopsy team then this would have never happened because I think she's specifically targeting men <laughs> who burn witches uh, I don't know she seemed uh, if you remember back in the um, those Salem witch trial days uh, there's a lot of women accusers oh for sure but I so. didn't see a women, a single woman die from her wrath that's not true the, the girlfriend well, it wasn't, wasn't from her wrath. Well, come on. 
that's like I mean that's the 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 ghost was manipulate them or the witch ghost was manipulating them to killing everybody. Yeah, sure. My my point is is that like when is her wrath satisfied? Never. Because you saw the father take on all of her wounds and that wasn't good enough. Oh yeah, no. He she's made super a prom- he tried to, you know, compromise with her and say just I'll take it, just don't hurt him, mm-hmm. but he did kill his son in the end and it's clearly targeting the driver of the van. That is taking her to another county in the end. So it also wasn't the husband. She had a, he had a wife and two and a daughter that died in the house. Who the 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 murder house they found her in. Yeah, but again, I don't know the cause of all those murders in the murder house. I'm saying it feels like it's about a fifty fifty gender body ratio here. This this witch woman's uh, racking up. Um, what did you think of the fact that they had an actor portray the dead body? Like oh my god, an actual woman was laying there the entire time. No lines, just and and I read in like the the director. Well, she got to wiggle her toe at the end. She did get to wiggle her toe. I uh, maybe she got to ring a bell at one point. <laughs> but um, I I I read an interview with the director where he said, yeah, this this woman came in and she was good at yoga, and I thought that would be good for flexibility and breathing control because she just lies on this slab she the doesn't entire breathe, movie. She doesn't blink. She doesn't move. I mean, she's doing an incredible job. She's in so, almost every frame of the movie. Yeah. Buck naked with heavy makeup and obviously a lot of prosthetics and stuff. Uh, there's it's only a wild, It's a wild performance. It had to be very physically uncomfortable and demanding to do. Yeah. There's only one scene that I can think of where it was like clearly gen- or not genetically uh, like CGI'd. Oh. And that is the blood coming out of her nose before oh. the fly comes out. Yeah. Like yeah, that's. Yeah. yeah. But everything else is just so, you know, literally done. Yeah. It's like, uh, it, it's, it's kind of like, um, it feels like one of those jobs where have you ever heard those um, naked sushi? Like you can hire like <laughs> yeah. those models to come out and. Just- they, they lay they, naked and you put sushi on they them. They put yeah. sushi on their bodies. It feels like that. But they're like not that. required to not breathe and pretend yeah, they're Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's it's a weird kind of performance art almost. Yeah, especially not blink and not have like tears. Because mm. if you ever tried not blinking, just yeah. make so many tears. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's an art. I wonder if that those roomy, like, obviously contact lenses helped with that. Like that mm. they like just put, put a bunch of liquid tears and then shot that cap over it. It's really creepy, though. I don't know. Uh, had a lot of good, um, I don't know if you call them jump scares, but like a lot of those payoffs. Like There you know, were a lot of jumps, or like that, three or four jump scares. And, um, but I really liked like, you know, they had some classic stuff like looking underneath the door and seeing yeah. a cadaverous foot step in the scene or like you're looking uh, through a slash in a door and there's this uh, yeah. stitched up, you know, like, yeah. like what the, what, what they did the like it's it's like this just stitching her mouth shut yeah yeah you know, trying to do it's not like cosmetic thing it's just like after an autopsy and you just kind of slap everything together until the mortician takes them but it's stuff like that i thought was really uh creepy and paid off another they, they did a little bit of that um like lights out where they played with you know you see a corpse way off in the distance and mm. the lights would flicker and it would be like one segment quicker or one, one second yeah you see in the sooner. corner mirror and it's the corner mirror is well done yeah yeah there's his father was attacked in the bathroom and you think it's over, but then it's not pretty good stuff. It's it's a uh, this director, Andre or <laughs> and he I saw in an interview because yeah, I read a couple interviews with him and he mentioned that he was like inspired by James Wan's The Conjuring 
And he's like, that's such a classical horror movie that he wanted to make. And he was like desperately looking for a script that he could bring that. And it does feel like a not as good version of The Conjuring. Not as it's it, this is not nearly as scary as The Conjuring. I don't think. No, this is. I think it's a different kind. Yeah, of it's thing. more of um, like a cerebral sci-fi, uh, fa- fantasy horror. Yeah, and it is just like uh, you like know, a just psychological a thriller show. type of thing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but it does have that thing that the all the the best Wan movies do, where the protagonist, you know, there's a there's a family issue that's at the core of the ghost mm-hmm. issue, you know. Okay, so let's talk about our next movie of the evening, Jennifer's Body from 2009. This is a movie that was written and directed by Diablo Cody, starring Amanda Seyfried and Megan Fox. Um, it's 2009, so this was kind of like when they were at their peak of like blowing up. I guess Amanda well, Seyfried just in a kept- way because Megan Fox is really catching a lot of heat because apparently hated everyone hated her for being a sexy woman who is cast as a sexy woman in Transformers, and a lot of people hated Diablo Cody at the time. And oh, these- really? And this movie was universally panned when it came out. No kidding. For absolutely no reason other than people hated women at that huh. time. It's, man, it's, um, the dialogue is just really, really funny and witty. Yeah, and, a lot of people said it was forced at uh, the time. I think it's, I think it's, it's campy <laughs> and fun and it's bloody and it's pulpy and it. I think this movie's biggest problem before it came out was that the marketing studios wanted to market it as a as a movie for young men to come and see Megan Fox be sexy. Mm. I mean, you can even see so much as the, you know, if you look up the 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 trailers and you look up the uh, posters that were coming out, it's all Megan Fox's legs and cleavage and all of that. But the movie pays that off. Like, they just turned yeah. off because... I mean, if you see those posters and those trailers, you are thinking as a young man that you want to go and see Megan Fox be sexy and have sex with, you know, young men that you can maybe identify with. But it's, it's a really like... feminist movie. That's true. It's like, I guess if you're <laughs> expecting species, it's like species. It's a lot like species in that, like, you got this creature eating male sexual partners. But it's also a lot more, I guess, female. That's like uh, more, more. Yeah, the... I think the movie is more species about is... female friendships and yes. young female women more than it is like pandering to young male gaze. Yeah, species is more about males fear of women's power and this is more about just like women doing their own thing and uh dudes getting eating is just a byproduct that's just the yeah that's just the thing that's happening that's causing (laughs) you know a problem in this woman these women's relationship yeah um uh diablo cody and karen kusama who are the people who wrote the movie and directed the movie Mm -hmm. wrote to the marketing people and said that we don't really like the direction you're taking mm. the marketing with like Megan Fox's legs with a chalkboard that says hell yeah and I think you're misrepresenting the movie and their response to Diablo Cody was and I quote Jennifer Sexy she's still your boyfriend Jennifer Sexy she steals your boyfriend? No Jennifer Sexy she's still your boyfriend she's still your boyfriend? She steal your boyfriend she steals she steal she steal? She steal your boyfriend. 
Are you? This is a sick, like S I C. Like you're saying, is that like this is an actual quote? <laughs> Jennifer Sex, she, she steal your boyfriend. Yes, like they're writing like caveman like so- saying that like, we don't respect your idea as oh. women or people. Like I it understand like some that Borat's you... production company would come back exactly. with like Jennifer Sex, she's she's still exactly. boyfriend, which is know? why I think this movie like died then <laughs> and is living now because. These fuckers did not understand what the movie was even about. They just knew Megan Fox sexy. She's still boyfriend. And what do you mean still boyfriend? I don't know. Well, because I mean, she just eats men. She does. Like you just if you're mar- you're the marketing people and you don't even understand what the movie's about is is just gonna is gonna tank all these women. And um, I think we all owe Jennifer's body an apology. Anyway, uh, moving yeah, on. I, I don't. I I the movie I, itself. It's a lot of fun. It's so good. I think the dialogue is fun. There are so many interesting cameos that they couldn't have anticipated when they made the movie, like Chris Pratt as a police cadet. <laughs> this is like pre Parks and Rec Chris Pratt. Yeah, like, it is I did, pre. I did not know that Chris Pratt was kind of trim until he became Andy Dwyer, and then he just packed on the Andy 30 pounds, I guess, the the two broke legs 30, because this dude is like, he's not Star-Lord cut, but he's not you know, schlubby either. Right. Uh, he's not even a star. He's not even one of the boyfriends who gets killed and eaten. Nah, he's just a dude. Nah, he's, he's kind just of a he's, dude. A, he's a douchebag dude that's in the police academy in the right. local town. This this they 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 do nail um certain aspects about like uh being in a town in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, this devil's kettle or whatever the hell, devil's spout. Um young Neil from um Scott, Scott Pilgrim, Pilgrim versus yeah. the world is in this. Mm-hmm. J J.K. Simmons has an amazing role of like he looks like um you know when Tim Robbins in Anchorman shows up with the the PBS news yeah. crew he looks like an extra he looks like <laughs> a, a veteran of the the news anchor wars for absolutely no reason they gave him a claw hand and he uses it to such effect <laughs> and can... have you ever seen J.K. Simmons with hair no like he's got this and he's big... got like this rashy thing I don't know what his deal is but yeah I like, love like it. I thought for sure that was going to because he looks like he's been attacked by a Cthulhu monster and he's missing his arm and I'm like oh he's going going to be because i'm trying to figure out what the fuck this movie is about in the first act and i'm like is he going to be like uh buffy the vampire slayer nope coordinator or something no he's just a teacher no he's just a he's just a teacher who cares about amit from india mm-hmm. and who cares to listen to the kids scream in the woods until they don't anymore I thought that was so funny because in, in, the, in the context of this, because there's a bunch of weird, this movie just does a bunch of shit and doesn't care. Uh-huh. Like, uh, you know, you're at this concert at this dive bar and it just One a fire. One catches fire and then it's It done. just just goes up like a house of fi- <laughs> on fire and then there's this uh, date rape plot and it's like, where is this going? And then. No, I think all those things make sense. So do you think that the. Low shoulder engineered the fire? No. I think that they took advantage. Huh. I don't know exact. I mean, it seems kind of. So, so I'm thinking from. It seems kind of like a cult the way that they got out of the fire because Hmm. uh, Megan and Needy had to climb out of a bathroom window and those. Uh, what are they called? Low low shoulder was on the stage Mm -hmm. and who knows how they got out. Yeah. And then I, suddenly I they climbed out of the window and they were there. I wonder if you're supposed to understand that they did, in fact, cause it. But it doesn't. It's like. No, no, no. I mean, you can see it the way it's caused. 
Huh. You can see exactly how it started with the spark and everything. Yeah. I yeah. think it's just like everyone's in shock. I think you're supposed to be in shock in that moment. And but it's a, they it's took a advantage bizarre, of Megan. Yeah. I mean, no, it's a bizarre twist, but it sets the whole town to grieving. And that gives it a weird emotional palette because Jennifer's now... But like you know, and full on fuck everybody. And fuck who cares? She's it's it's yeah, this is like Mean Girls mixed with I Zombie. Um, explain. I mean, it's Mean Girls because uh, Jennifer is almost exactly like the Queen Bee character from Mean Girls, and it's I Zombie in that she eats people. Yeah, I just think Jennifer would have cared more Do if you? she weren't. Because Dead I thought that was at the time. I thought that was one of the revelations that the movie makes is that Jennifer Jennifer's always been a bad friend and asshole. No, I don't think so. Really? Because that's I, I think literally Amanda Seyfried said that at the end. Like you were always a bad friend. You always stole my toys. You always tore me down and hurt my feelings. And I didn't see it until you literally became this bloodthirsty monster that would rather eat my boyfriend and just because you could, you know? Like Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm a little bit more sympathetic in that maybe the way you're raised doesn't make you a monster. Hmm. And like because she's super hot doesn't make her a monster because she has to respond to the way that the world treats her hmm. and to become hardened and to become selfish. And But they kept flashing back to like the sand pile days. Like I, I don't think that she was. And then the way she like makes out with Needy at one point. You can tell that there's always been something there. That's the other thing is they do have this like uh, a clear implication that Needy's like bisexual and has had this kind of a little bit of a torch she's carried for Jennifer for a long time. Yeah. I mean, um, I wouldn't even go so far as to call her bisexual because maybe she is. But I think that's uh, I think that's a very typical female experience when you have a really close friend when you're in your you know formative years then you go through a lot of emotions like jealousy and anger you know you see like the sexual attraction because they definitely yes, portrayed that absolutely that oh, too no. like uh, you know uh, that's what i'm talking about like jealousy and this competitive kind of thing where like you don't even know where to draw the line well, between like I want to be you so. and I want to be with you. I, I that's because she was with she was very much in love. Needy was very much in love with her boyfriend, and they were having sex and they were having a great time. But you know she really was envious of Jennifer, and she really wanted to be Jennifer and maybe you know hmm. be Jennifer's best friend and capture her imagination and give her the same sort of. Um, attention that she gave her. I can relate to that. Okay. I think it's a very quintessential female experience growing up. Well, like I said, my interpretation is different, but I've well, I wasn't a little girl with little little girl friends playing in sand piles. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I thought there's a lot of interesting things they said that, like, you know, I thought were funny commentaries on, like, you know, how 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 dumb and single track dudes are. Like the one emo boy, <laughs> like the, the portrayal of him, like driving over to what he thought was Megan Fox's house and he's bopping and he's going through the nice neighborhood and he goes through like the not nice neighborhood. Then he goes through like the eight mile Eminem lives here. Houses are gutted neighborhood mm -hmm. and he's still like not going to stop. He's going to come up this like this 
such a creepy, creepy experience. He just like drives past all these flashing red. Dude, you shouldn't be here. Right. This is crazy. Up to lights. him jumping in through the window. Yeah. Like that's not just, how you enter someone's house. If you think it's their house. Just to get a just to get a taste of Jennifer's body. And right. It, it, I mean, it's just, Yeah. Which is why I'm saying, like, if you're a young man who was attracted to this movie by seeing Jennifer Fox on a movie poster. Or Jennifer Fox. Megan Fox. Megan Fox on a movie poster. Then when you get to the movie theaters and you see this shit and you see like every type of young man who's just being eaten by her, how do you relate to any of that? I'm telling you, as a man, it's pretty easy to relate to just the how sexy the the, the women are. Like I, you know, I, like I said, this goes to species. It goes to, what was that movie Teeth about the vagina denta? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's not necessarily exclusive to be like sexual arousal and fear. <laughs> There is there is a little bit of a mixture of that for sure. All right. Well, there's also a lot of other funny stuff. I thought like um, this, this thing, first of all, through the trees, this um, band's one hit uh, from low shoulder. I've talked a lot about on podcasts how it must be really hard to write a legit banger, a fake banger just Mm -hmm. for a movie, because, you know, what the hell do movie people know? Mm -hmm. This is 2009 kind of emo band banger. It's it's actually really good. They play stuck in my head since I've seen this movie. They play it a lot. And I love how like how over Amanda Seyfried's character is needy. Right. And like when when she has this terrifying experience and she goes out to drive and get away in her car and her radio radio is on, it blares at her and she's just like. Ah, you know, out of frustration. It's so funny. It's yeah, so funny. no, they played it just enough that you knew that in that moment that it was a banger, but you mm-hmm. were sick of hearing it as she was in that moment. I feel like they played it the whole damn thing in a bar scene. And the other one, the mm-hmm. other moment I thought was really funny was when she's trying to convince Chet about her boyfriend, about the Jennifer being a demon. Mm-hmm. And she goes, I went through our library's occult section five times. He's like, our library has an occult <laughs> section. She's like, it's, it's not it's that real, big. It's not that big. <laughs> and it's funny because I remember when I was a kid growing up in a very small rural town, being so excited to get my adult library card mm-hmm. because I'm like, man, I'm going to run to the science fiction section. It's going to be like open season. And our my town's library has like a shelf and a half of science fiction. Mm-hmm. I was so disappointed. But yeah, it's like... Or you, do you open the books and they were all blacked out, like some passages? Oh my God, they're censored. But it's like, you know, when you like uh, Buffy goes to her uh, library to uh, investigate whatever paranormal, there's like just racks and racks of tomes. This lap this probably got like... <laughs> Four or five, right? I mean, what even? What even they have? They have some I'm kind of demonology. They anything at yeah, all, they have really. something. This grimmer, this grim war with a bunch of demonology and stuff. Yeah, pretty cool small town. Yeah. What did you think about the ending of the movie? I thought it was great. Like I was fully ready to go with like a nihilistic uh, Amanda Seyfried's doing a, a crime for doing doing jail time for a crime she didn't commit. Mm-hmm. Um. But then, like, it just kept getting cooler. Like, Amanda mm, Seyfried saying, like, it turns out if you get bit by a demon and you survive, <laughs> you get the demon's powers and none of the drawbacks. And then the implication is she's going to hunt down and kill this boy band that, that created all this stuff. Not I even thought. an implication. It's shown. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. In, the cre- in the credit sequence. Yeah. Um, the other, I, I wish they explored a little bit about the devil's teapot. Because, I, you know, like, they, there's a couple things I think they... Sh- well, maybe they don't don't need to. Well, so they they do the they did the demon they did the um, virgin sacrifice spell on her, and she wasn't mm-hmm. a virgin. But I thought there's going to be something about them throwing her down that 
you know, magic hole. There that was kind going to do of something. was. There is, the but they don't. It's it's because when Amanda Seyfried leaves the mental institution, she or finds the she finds the balls and the knife and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she finds where the actual exit hole is, but there, which there, is something no one else knows, which is a it, bit supernatural to her. Kind of, but it doesn't really connect like I thought it would. How? Um. Well, yeah, like they make a big deal about how no one knows where the exit is and all mm-hmm. that, but like that really had nothing to do. It just gave her the Bowie knife. Uh, there's nothing because she didn't go through it, right? She didn't go no. through that hole, so it's like I don't, yeah, like Jennifer what? did. Yeah, but that's my point. The movie explicitly says that's not what caused her to be a demon. It's right. the spell they did on her that did the demon. So like the devil spout was just kind of a red herring throughout the whole movie. Kind of, yeah. I guess so. Like, if they don't I mean, throw they her that hole, nothing to, changes. They seem to have chosen the town because it was called Devil's Kettle, because it had the mysterious hole. Hmm. Which, again, you know, doesn't like, mean anything, but it's They didn't, still... like, kill her over it. They didn't show her. This is, I thought that was a... It's a, It was an odd choice to do this all this establishing stuff, and it mm-hmm. just didn't, you know... It just didn't... It didn't feel like it paid off. Hmm. But this was, I thought, the most fun. Um, this is very Shaun of the Dead. This is very... Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. Um, can, here's another question. It's what very are, funny. It's, it's a lot funnier funny. than you think. Whatever happened to Amy Sedaris? Oh my God, Amy Sedaris. I love her. But what happened to her? Nothing like she, happened to her. What has she been in in the last five years? I don't know. Well, wasn't she in that... Um, wasn't she in that one like TNT movie, The Negotiator or The, the Talking Woman? Like I know she was in Mad TV a lot. She was in the Lion King. Oh, was she? And before that, she was in that the three in 2017. She's in a movie called Handsome, and it's like, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like she she was around a lot, and then she hasn't been around in a lot of things I've seen. But I don't know. She, apparently, she's in the Mandalorian. I tell you what, um, I've never had much of an opinion of Megan Fox's like acting ability beyond her just being kind of like you know generically sexy. Um, I thought she was really good in this. Like some of the stuff she did, like with like, um, especially that early on when she's initially transforming, where she had that bloody grin and like she's throwing up the black oil. Mm-hmm. Like I thought she was really good, and her comic timing and some of the dialogue um, was really good too. Like asking for a tampon. Oh, well, see me like you're plugging. <laughs> when and- you're dying. I've, I want to live to be that kind of person. And she said, PMS isn't real needy. It's just invented <laughs> by the boy media to make it seem crazy. Uh, and then like, I thought, um, oh, God, Amanda Seyfried's uh, trying to explain to her boyfriend this van that took Jennifer away. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what did it look like? She goes, I don't oh, know, Chip. 94 rapist. <laughs> <laughs> it's an 89 rapist. Oh, God, it was so fucking funny. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it's... Yeah, Diablo Cody's... Uh, I don't know. If you go back and read reviews of this movie from 2009 when it came out, people are way too harsh. I wish I because I, I think wish this I movie did. deserves to come out this year. Because I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Like I can think of like people are way too hard on it. Yeah, I can think about like some kind of hyper woke person being like, I don't know if you should really, you know, make light of this, that, or the other. But it's like okay, but yeah, like what the hell? What problem did people have with this back in 2009? No, Maybe they hated. Him. Diablo Cody and they hated Megan Fox. She does have because... weird dumbs. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> but Megan, Megan Fox, um, you know, she was sexy in Transformers and Michael Bay said everyone should hate her and we all did. 
we all followed suit and damn it when we all should have just beautiful hated woman's Michael career Bay. even though she's a very talented actress from what i've seen like maybe she didn't have a f- great like a uh, dramatic role in transformers but that doesn't mean that she wasn't a great actress i mean i've seen George Clooney in some pretty terrible roles. And that doesn't mean he's a bad actor. It just yeah, means I mean, that you're big, given a bad script or you're yeah, maybe she didn't get signed a on to a project I, I can't, I can't with a bad idea. But she was not ever given a chance. I've never, I, I will say that I've never seen her anything that I thought she was great in. Yeah, but, because yeah. she wasn't given a chance. Possibly. You just saw Jennifer's body and you thought she was great. Yeah, she's, 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 she's really so, good in it. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Megan Fox is a good actress mm. when she's given a good role. Okay. Wait, you just said she was great in this, and now you're going to me back? <laughs> okay. The next movie we have to cover is I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House, a Netflix original starring Ruth Wilson, who you might know from His Dark Materials and some other things, as well as Paul Apprentice coming back for the first time in 30 years to do her first feature film in that 30 years. Um, this is about a, a hospice nurse who comes to take care of an elderly patient and some things ensue in this house. What did you think of this movie, Aaron? The Little Stranger is the movie that I was trying to think of in the intro that I saw uh, Ruth Wilson in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I said, this is a extremely so slow build. And... It has some kind of like creepy kind of like old school go like if you ever read like a real paranormal normal book that was written in like the 70s or 80s. Uh, it reminds me a lot of the photographs you'd see of ghosts like they're a little overexposed and blurry. The effect that they had of these ghosts kind of walking around. I thought that was really creepy. Yeah, they also, do a lot of that here. They do. Like I, I was looking and I think there's something to be said about maybe some kind of actual explanation for the ghosts like you know it's like oh i thought they were leaning to like oh there's some kind of fungus or spore or mold that might be causing these people to go crazy that's particular to this house but then i don't know it just seems like it's actually ghosts what i thought was really good is one towards the very end of the movie when ruth wilson is scared by this ghost and it's one of those things i always thought about because i've had a couple experiences where i thought i was seeing something paranormal and then i turn on the lights and it's like oh it's my coat rack mm-hmm. or you see something move in a corner of your eye and it's oh it's just a damn cat you know mm-hmm. like you get these little jump scares in real life and i've always wondered like what would be the effect of if you turn on the light and it's just a no shit monster <laughs> or a bloody ghost or it's not it's not your cat it's a werewolf and like what you would do, especially in this case where this ghost, I don't think was going to actually fuck with her. No. It's just going to be, it's kind of like. She's a woman easily scared. Yeah, they, they established that. first experience. Which I, I, I deeply identify with that. Mm-hmm. So that's five years ago. I couldn't handle horror movies at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that, that performance of her literally being scared to death, I thought was pretty amazing and worked on a very kind of creepy level, especially in the next day, you're slowly catching up to. Did she just pass out and recover mm-hmm. or and then you think you see a body at the full floor of the things. But like, they yeah, don't, I, th- 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 it's it's a no, thinker. Yeah. 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 I think you're skipping skipping ahead here. I think the opening dialogue and all of its beautiful prose and it is very the, poetic, the, yeah. Yeah, the way she sets it up. 
um, and says that I will not live to be 29, you know, you, you, you're not under any impressions that anything good, there's not going to be a happy ending here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sets up the story of this hospice nurse coming to live in this house. And if you go back in time, there's one woman, Polly, who met a very unfortunate end. And maybe that's fictional. Or maybe it actually happened and she's actually buried in the walls. We don't know. Yeah, Because the author who lived in the house wrote the story as if it's real and actually believed that herself. Mm -hmm. And I I mean, I don't think anyone's actually pried open the walls because, you know, you can't believe what you're seeing on the screen. So the author of the book about the woman believes this is real. So both of those two ghosts are already living in the house. And the woman herself who's dying is being... Wait, what are the two ghosts? Is... The woman, the, the, lady, the lady in the walls, Polly. Yeah, the one with the... the uh, And the author of the story. And I'm speaking of her as a ghost because the woman has dementia. Oh, and it's she's, her. Not phys- she's not actually... Okay, because right. I thought and maybe... So, and it's the woman herself, is her younger self who wrote the story. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's the other ghost. And then... Yeah, there'll be three ghosts in the house now. Right. And then by the end of the story, Lily is there who believes that the author believed uh-huh. that this ghost was real. So it's like three generations of women who are who all themselves become ghosts within the house who are left there to rot. Yeah, and there was something about ah man, I wish I wish I had time to watch this again because there's something there it's a fairly short one too. Um, but I, there, I thought there was something there about the, there's nothing keeping you there. It's just, you have to continue to look and you get stuck in like a ghost loses its sense of time and mm-hmm. what's going on. And right. They don't haunt the spot they died in. They just try to find glimpses of their lasting life. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't ever move on because they're stuck trying to figure out. Right. Like I can see like Ruth Wilson's ghost going up and down that stairs trying to remember what she was doing and why she's there. And it's, it's very kind of, it's, it, I don't know, it's, it's, um, it's it's weird how it kind of flips around and tries to tell a tale from a ghost protagonist mm-hmm. at the very end, the last five minutes. And also, like, what's that going to do to the next family? Because they're not vengeful ghosts, really. Mm-mm. They're just there. Yeah, like, like apparently with the author, she had a friendly relationship with the ghost. And why why did the ghost go away? Why did the ghost stop appearing to her in her old age? That's Is it the because one thing. of the dementia? Maybe because that, that cuts when... her off from the ghost? Maybe because as soon as Lily moved in, Ruth Wilson's hospice nurse moved in, then Polly started appearing to her. So I thought they're implying something about the wall, like someone came and fixed something. And now it's like that's why I thought, like, I wonder if there's like a mundane explanation about the mushrooms causing them to go crazy or some kind of, uh, you know, mold infection or some kind of. But like, I don't know. It does seem like it's just legit spook. You yeah, know, I don't know. Like Ruth I Wilson it, is definitely dead and definitely a ghost at the end. So yeah, I think it was partial dementia and partially like partial dementia because she didn't. 
Have you heard the, well, the I, have you heard the the idea that you die twice and once is when you actually die and, and the then second time people when, forget your name? You right, know? exactly. So if you know Iris is suffering dementia and she starts forgetting about Polly and then sees Lily move in and she remembers her again, maybe they both manifest at that time mm. because she starts to remember. I saw someone say because I, I I looked into what people were saying about this movie and some person was saying um, something along the lines of that the conservator of the will the guy who's like you know Mr. Wexford property. yeah that guy um, that he was up to some kind of shady no good stuff because he like there's a scene there like he stole a key and you know because he was rummaging around and that's what Ruth Wilson thought she was hearing a ghost and it was actually that and they do show this weird thing of him being kind of self-satisfied and like you know they they key on the master key and show the inside, and I'm like, well, that's interesting, but it's kind of like I feel like the with the devil's teacup or tea spout. Hmm. Uh, what the hell does it mean? Like I, I hmm. like I, th- does the movie need like this plot about like why would he lure Ruth Wilson there to what you know? Right, because he's not like this, yeah, he's not like a cousin who's trying to steal the inheritance no. or anything. He's just like a lawyer on behalf of the estate. Yeah, that doesn't really make sense. Why yeah. would he instill this nurse when he could instill any nurse? Because he's who scared could be up and he to- knew he would she would die of fright and then her his elderly client would starve to death. It's like, right. yeah, I don't know. It it was weird. But no, I think I mean my personal interpretation was that he was only there to serve the purpose of like telling us what's going on. Yeah, I agree. That like why she's there and also the plot of this book because she's too scared to read it yeah he's like the hotel manager in the shining he's yeah just, he's just like hey, this is the reason this this is the reason the things in this movie is happening yeah okay and also i'll come in <laughs> at the end to like show up and be like oh man what a shame that the things in the movie happened happened <laughs> yeah what um what i especially liked about this movie is that this took little to very to almost none character building on behalf of all three of these women Mm. in order to understand exactly what they were going through. Like Polly real or not was killed by her husband and it's because she was young or beautiful, young and beautiful or because her family had money or whatever it was. She was killed by her husband. Yeah. He just killed. I I couldn't figure out like he just, I thought there was going to be some explanation a lot like why he went insane and bludgeoned her to death, but no. Right. Iris is an incredibly talented writer and either invented Polly in such a real way that she came to haunt her for the rest of her days or was able to, you know, suss out that she had an actual ghost living in her walls or yeah, whatever it was. like a Hallie Joel Osmond from the, the, the Sixth Sense. Yeah, exactly. Meets Agatha Christie. She's very, uh, you know, empathetic that way. Uh-huh. And then Lily is a person who's just haunted by her perfection. You know, she's the kind of woman who goes off to live. Like I did some kind of research and Altoona is where she says she's from, which Mm -hmm. is eight hours away from Braintree, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. What a name. Very. Yeah. (laughs) Braintree, Massachusetts. Eight hours away. Uh So she's, you know, how far does she travel typically to, you know, go live with people in hospice for years before they yeah, die. That's, that's a, this a bizarre career choice that you're going to live in hospice. Right. But way she, away from your friends or family. She's talking to her friend on the phone and says mm. that her fiance 
broke off the engagement or she did for some reason or the other. Mm-hmm. They were engaged to be married and they broke that off. He said, so, I'm going to wait for two and a half years for this old lady to die. I'm breaking it off. Right. Nobody knows what happened, but there you have yeah. three complex feminine stories that you don't have any answers to, but you still get the depth of what they're feeling throughout the movie. And I thought that was really, really powerful. I wanted to include that in this year's Spooktacular for that reason. Do you have any other thoughts on I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House? Uh, No. Like I said, that's this is a movie that um, delivers everything I thought it was going to, except for actual scares. Uh, I did not. I get, wish there were like three, and it just none of them really landed. I was, I was, um, I don't know. Maybe it's just that's the other thing. Is like I talked to this about Jim a lot. That like once you get good at mm-hmm. horror movie setup, it's like oh this this TV, she's gonna turn it off and she's gonna be behind her, mm-hmm. and like oh this tracking shot, oh uh, you know there's gonna be a ghost walking across this. It's like. It, it 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 was a little form so none of the none of the scares landed even though the setting and all the characters and the like music and the camera like it was all set to be scary it just kind of wasn't hmm. it's was more gothic and brooding mm-hmm. than it was scary or or creepy all right final movie we have to talk about for this year's spooktacular is another 2016 movie the love witch Man, I don't even by know. By Samantha Robinson. I don't even know how to talk about this movie. This movie is a fucking trip. Speaking uh, of genre bending movies, this is not something I have seen or I don't think I will see again. Is this so are you going to so if I say this movie's horny, are you going to call me out on it too because it's like not not horny? Like it's definitely uh attracting various gazes. It's just that's part of the commentary. Like, there's no, so I mean, much Jennifer's social and body commentary. is called Jennifer's body for a reason. Sure. This is like a, a woman who's searching for love, but doing it with her body. No, mm. I won't call you out on that. Okay. Because, yeah, it's like they're doing sex magic. Like, these, these are, this is a coven of witches. No, it's a woman. Huh? There's multiple witches in this movie. Yeah, but I'm saying this woman in particular uh-huh. is performing a spectacular specific kind of magic her own kind of quote-unquote love magic which is Mm -hmm. actually kind of sex magic Mm -hmm. which is actually kind of murder magic Mm -hmm. (laughs) because she only happens to to kill in her quest for love yeah i can't which is why i'm saying she stands alone as opposed to her coven Mm. because I think what I've gotten out of this movie is that like she had an abusive relationship joined this coven of witches that took advantage of her sexually in some sort of way. And so Hmm. she's responding to the trauma of all of she's faced by trying to find love. And she ends up just murdering. My interpretation was like, none of the witches really care that she's (laughs) It's more of like, um, I don't know. I mean, how do you, how do you think about the like head, uh, guy, the, like the coven leader? Who's really creepy to her and kisses oh, her. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that guy coerced her. You no, know, into... there's this part of the commentary about like, hey, this uh, this thing's supposed to be like a, empowering us, right? But why do we have this kind of like creepy master right. guy? We're all empowered women, but why do we got this creepy guy in charge who keeps touching but her But only bones? the love witch is the one that has any, like all the others are kind of like, you know, why are you, bu- you know, why are you, bu- right? Like, why are you... 
why are you trying to catch feelings for these guys and why are you like bucking the trend just like why don't you go along and enjoy your power and use your power and not think about it too much right that's where she's bringing her previous trauma in right where her first marriage didn't last and work and she killed that guy so she joined this coven Mm -hmm. where she could try to find love with magic and she can't stop killing god what's a girl to do yeah then, (laughs) then she i don't know it's 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 a wild tonal mismatch of a movie. It is definitely not scary. It's beautiful. It's, it's one of the most beautiful. beautiful films I've ever seen. Yeah, it's like, like it's it was made in 2016, but looks like it was made in the 70s, but also has the aesthetics that you couldn't possibly achieve in the 70s with like sure. the makeup and the and the colors. And they and, do this like kaleidoscope rainbow yeah. effects when she's like seducing and, yeah, and doing her love magic. She drugs the guy and yeah, and there's that that one guy's like you're a far like you're a uh, far out chick or yeah oh my god it's like looking at the rainbow or, <laughs> and I give the rainbow to you yeah 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 it's, I, it, it's a great movie because you could put it in any place in time I could watch it forty years from now and be like when was this set uh yeah it's just it's it's beautiful it's not it's good yeah it's there's got, a lot it's, of murder it's not the aesthetics gory. it's the aesthetics of a 70s sexploitation movie yeah but the con social consciousness of something made in 2019 or 2018, right exactly whenever it was made but that's for you to infer because it took me two three watches to even to see, understand like, yeah, like, is this movie playing straight up or is it like subversive or is it satire right or whose like, side am i supposed to be on right yeah like yeah. all these men are so gross and they try to take advantage so should i be rooting for them to die right. but also this woman is murdering men so yeah who's and she's being know, really, sh- and she's here. also being really shitty to this other woman. But the other woman is kind of like her only crime is trying to be. Like she's a, a little nosy sometimes. She's, like but a li- she's trying she's, to be a friend. She's like a liberal second wave feminist, and you know, right? She's kind of jealous of her because she's super hot, right? So she dresses up like her once, right, and it's like, yeah. Mm. yeah, 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 yeah. There's there's a lot of a lot, like I said, the movie's doing a lot. It's, it's doing, doing a lot. lot, and you can take some of it, you can leave some of it, you can take it all. Lovers don't damn. care. It's a great movie. She's got the rainbow, and if you look at it too long, she'll kill you. Yeah, no, I've watched this movie numerous times, as I've said before, but it might be one of my favorites ever, and I'm not exactly sure why. It's a lot of fun to watch. We've shown it to a couple people, and it's always yeah. been like a big, you know, it's always been it's always been the uh, cluster bomb we thought it would be. Yeah, my favorite thing about showing it to new people <laughs> uh-huh. is them telling me they show it to new people. Yeah. And the new people's reaction is always like, what the mm-hmm. fuck? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how to feel. <laughs> I mean, especially like the scene that they leave you on, mm. like this silent dream sequence going out. Wait, it kind of goes full on midsummer. Yes. At the end, where it's like, oh, wow. This like, is... oh my God, all these paintings she's had in her apartment the whole time. We'll tell you exactly what's going to happen. That's what they're doing sonically. Yeah. It's like a full on assault. Um, it's yeah. one of those things where it's like, oh my God, I feel like a bomb just went off inside my head with the sound design in this film. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's gorgeous. It's a great movie. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, I would love to see more from this writer and director, but I'm not sure that you have another one of these in you. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's so, it has to be so artistically draining to do something that's so ambitious like that, that you can't, you know, like stranger things. 
Mm-hmm. season two and three you can't expect it to be as, as yeah. good as the first because like you really like spent 20 years making this one thing like how are you gonna just oh, keep producing that but i would did, love it now she did like a lars von trier like love witch quadrilogy oh my god it's like all in the same universe and they all yeah, kind of exactly. loosely connect through themes but <laughs> yeah that's what i that's that's my ideal thing i want to see what the i'm saying love, is you've love got an witch out. to melancholia kind of <laughs> Yeah, the the. That's the one with the rogue planet coming in and slamming into the. Yeah, melancholy. That was the melancholy. Okay, okay. Love which, uh, love which two. Uh, Electric spook. Witchomania. <laughs> Witchomania. It's the nympho nymphomania. Oh you know? right, right, right. Witchomania. <laughs> Nymphomagica. <laughs> And then uh, volume three, anti-witch. Anti-witch, yep. <laughs> she yep. cuts off her clitoris at some point. Mm, and mm, that's got to be some spell. You'll love to see it, folks. That's got to be some spell. Willem Dafoe's giant cock shows up. His, his Yep, his, his <laughs> dehydrated walrus penis. We've decided, I don't know what we've decided that oh, thing is. We don't know. We don't know. Grafted elephant trunk. <laughs> Frightening in its own right. Frightening in its own right, but that's not what we're here to talk about, folks. Nope, we nope. talked about genuine spooktacular movies this year. Thank you so much for listening. This was a very special Halloween episode. If you want to hear Aaron and I talk more about everyday things like love, life, and happiness. Sex magic. And sex magic and giant walrus cocks, please <laughs> subscribe to the One Weird Trick podcast on the Swizzable Network. If you want to hear more about Aaron's political opinions, like, uh, you know, sex magic and walrus cocks, they, Should you know, there's not Should sex magic different. be legal? Should we all enslave ourselves to female witches? Yeah. You can hear the answers to that and more on his is, Three Right Turns podcast. Is, can Megan Fox act? I have a lot of opinions. <laughs> I have a lot of male opinions on it. Find out by going to swizzbold.com and subscribing to both of those podcasts. If you're a Bald Move fan hearing this podcast for the first time after our last spooktacular, things are a little bit different this year. I am no longer with Bald Move, but Jim, Aaron, and I are partners in Swizzbold, which is why we are sharing this podcast in both places. It's just the three of us here at Swizzbold, and this little operation would not be possible without our Patreon supporters. Yay, patrons. You can become a patron yourself if you're not already at patreon.com slash swizzbold. But right now, I want to especially thank all of our Fred Level patrons by name, Kira Grushow, Arvin Rao, Jordan Hoyt, Dave Satterley, Brandon DeVito, Jenny, Byron Rasmussen, George P. Bridell, Lisa Singleton, Greg Rasp, James Taylor, Angelo Morano, Jared Harrowman, Laura Luthi and Mark Hahn. Jenny. <laughs> A lot of emphasis on that one. <laughs> Just trying to make it interesting. Thanks again, you guys. Yeah, and uh, seriously, before we go, if you if you have been missing Cecily, she is on every other week on One Weird Trick and once a month on the special, uh, very special patron live stream with me, Jim, and Cecily. We all get together like old times. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much, you guys, for your support, and we'll see you next time. Spooky! Electric spooky!